You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. What up? This is Shan, and this is Cozy Womb Podcast. This is Ari. Say hi. Hi. Say hi, Anya. Hi. What up? Say what? What up? It's Shan, and this is Cozy Womb Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Tonight, we're going to talk about the strength behind mothers of brown men. Um, I know so many mothers uh, of young boys uh, who, you know, been through it, where sometimes they're raising their sons by themselves sometimes they're raising their sons with um a father figure there or their actual father and they have to balance that and you know prioritize and think about what they need and think about you know what's going to go you know in their best interest for like their standards and tonight i chose to speak with a friend of mine sheree uh, who has two sons and she's just going to speak a little bit about how she balances it all and um, how she you know weaves through the troubles that may come in and out of her kids lives and um, what standards and values um, she places in her home where they exude that in public you know how that's all the transitions she's been through over the years have helped 
her become a better mother and how she um, maneuvers through that and, you know, all the good stuff that everybody can learn from. So let's get into it. This is Cozy Room Podcast. Let's go. Welcome to Cozy Moon Podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So the reason why I asked you to do this episode about the strength behind mothers of brown men is because you have two sons Mm -hmm. and um, you are doing a fantastic job, which I love um, and I always commend you. And uh, just, you know, how grown they are, how, you know, well-mannered they are, you know. And right now in, I think, 2019, it's very hard to keep, you know, any child focused, but let alone, you know, brown boys focused on just being better individuals so they can grow into better men and I think you do a great job at that and I just wanted to get some insight on how do you do it thank you with with lots of help from whoever you want to call God the most high my ancestors I learned a lot I think I, I probably learned a lot being an aunt at a very early age mm-hmm. um, and you know how black families are like you know we take the responsibility we take on the responsibility of raising each other right. you know so older siblings and being the youngest um, being responsible for being a part of raising my nieces and nephews so that happened when I was really young so it was never it was more about like this is what families do it mm-hmm. never felt like a burden. Mm-hmm. It just felt like this is what responsible families do. This is how we take care of each other. So I think a lot of my experience came at an early age. I won't say that I was so mature because I don't really think I was. It's just kind of like it comes with the territory. Right. So I got a lot of practice with my nieces and nephews. And um, I also watched a lot of my friends raise their kids mm-hmm. and you know you take what you what you feel will be useful for you right. you take what's uh, what's good that you feel like I like how they raise their kids I like how they implemented that rule I like how you know when they did this the kids responded this way so taking a lot from um, you know friends family extended family television Mm-hmm. Good uh, television. Television <laughs> show, like some of the best moms. Like you know, we have these um, ideas of you know, like what family should look like. You know, yeah. and I think a lot of times as moms, like you know, I always thought I was gonna be like this cool, sweet mom, mm-hmm. and I am in a lot of ways. Like I never thought I would raise my voice. I, I thought Girl. I was 
like calm and every night sweet responses for my son but that's not real you know what I'm saying that's yeah <laughs> so I think like just just t- you know you take a little bit of um you take a little bit from everyone mm-hmm. take a little bit from everyone because it's, it's it's very challenging it's, it's not easy hmm. it's speaking not easy. of challenges what are some of your challenges now um with your sons how old are they right now my youngest son just turned 13 December <laughs> he is in the eighth grade and I have a 15 year old who is a sophomore in high school and they're both my oldest is taller than me my youngest is like at my shoulders and I'm a tall woman yeah they're tall they're tall they're 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 big boys some of the challenges now oh my goodness oh let me see (laughs) Oof. I mean like where do I start here here's what I here's what has helped me okay knowing that there is no such thing as a perfect parent the sooner I realize that there's no such thing, that if that is something you're chasing, if mm-hmm. that's something that you're trying to become, you will never reach that space. You will never get there. Once you accept your humanness, that you are going to mess up, mm-hmm. you are going to offend them, you are going to hurt their feelings, but you you can still love them like they although they will they will experience your humanness they will also um, experience your divinity because I I do believe that there is a responsibility there is a divine responsibility and that a lot of times when we are winging it we're definitely being guided by by God by greater forces by our ancestors whispering in our ears and helping us figure it out because there's no such thing. There's no such thing as a perfect parent. So the sooner I came to that understanding, it became a lot, I won't say easier, but I was comforted knowing that I don't have to be on this pedestal. I don't have to put myself on this yeah. pedestal. You know, I don't have to parent the way my friend does it, you know, and I don't have to compare myself to this other parent because this is how she does it in her house or this is how they do it in their house. You know, just knowing like, hey, what worked for me mm-hmm. and learning how to redefine parenthood like what does that look like for me well for me sometimes like I cook two meals we eat leftovers and every Friday Thursday we eat sandwiches and Fridays we eat pizza like that's yeah. forever and a day okay like all my life that's what we do it you know so you have to figure out what works for you as a parent like this my kids are getting healthy balanced meals they're getting love um yeah, you have you have to kind of redefine what parenting looks like. So that was that was critical coming to that understanding. There's no such thing. I think the second thing probably was realizing that these children come into your life. You've been entrusted with these children, and they're not your possession. Right. So releasing that idea that they're my kids, I gotta control them. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they have become a big part of my life. I, 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 it is my responsibility to guide them, to lead them, to teach them, to instruct, to love, to heal, to nurture, to challenge, to rebuke, to correct, all of those things. But knowing that they're not my possession mm-hmm. and I cannot control them. 
I've only been entrusted to guide them. I've only been entrusted to love them and to lead them. I cannot control them because they're human beings. Mm -hmm. You know, they're going to have their own, they have their own will, you know. And if you remember when you were 15, 16, 12, 13, like you had your ways too, you know. Mm -hmm. We we, we all had our ways that, you know, our parents could say one thing and we do something else. So coming to that understanding that I cannot control them and I don't want to control them. Right. I want to do the best that I can with the tools that I have. I want to continue to evolve and get better, a better set of tools to become a better parent. Um, so I think those two things have definitely helped me. But um, so the, the, the probably the most challenging thing that we're faced with now as parents, like living in the world that we live in nowadays is balance. Yes. <laughs> balance, 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 balance. Like just the balance of painting a picture of this beautiful, wide, broad, vast, incredible um world that we live in like it's a beautiful world when I think about all the places that I had yet to travel painting this picture for our children and encouraging them to explore and to see the world but also the the responsibility like that 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 daunting kind of task of telling our children the truth about the world that we live in yeah the prep I call it the prep the prep the prep is hard. Yeah. It's hard. And I feel like our parents did the best that they could, mm-hmm. but they also protected us from a lot of things because for fear of spoiling, you know, they didn't want, it's almost like they didn't want to put too much on us. But I think because kids are a lot more resilient than, than adults are, they can handle it because they're more in tune spiritually. I feel like, you know, life has its way. If you don't commit to that practice, cultivating, you know, your spirituality that, you know, you can become really dull. Like you can, you're not as sharp. You're not as sensitive as you are when you fresh from the womb and, you know, you're not bright eyed and, you know, you're not as full of wonder as you are when you are a child. So kids are resilient and a lot of times we think that they can't handle, you know, certain things, but they can. They're I, better than we are. I think that sometimes um, will stop your child from like growing into their own individualism of what they can do. Even before I had kids, I always would say, you know, like I want to make sure my kids is well rounded, where yeah. they could be in the suburbs, they could be yeah. um, driving, in, you know, sitting on the train by themselves getting from point A to point B, watching out for things and just being able to be in different environments and different rooms and still be themselves. Because if you don't expose them to differences, they're going to think one way. Absolutely. And nothing is one way. Absolutely. Absolutely. You want to teach them how to be flexible, how to be teachable, how to be confident, like be able to go into a room and not feel intimidated because you don't know or you don't understand but be willing to just be quiet and listen and that's that's imperative that um funny story i have this this story about my son he was probably in the i think fourth grade 
and he had this Ralph Lauren sweater, like secondhand, right? Hand me down mm-hmm. sweater with the bear on the front. Mm-hmm. And he loved the sweater. And his uniforms at the time were gray slacks and um, I want to say burgundy, burgundy polo shirt. So mm-hmm. the sweater was gray, like a dark, like charcoal gray with this burgundy trim with the bear on the front. Yo, you used to love this sweater. That sweater. vintage. Yes, vintage, classic, right? Mm-hmm. So he used to wear the sweater all the time. But one day he came home and he had the sweater turned inside out. And I was like, why do you have your sweater turned inside out like that? And he's yeah. like, oh, everybody was making fun of my sweater. And I'm like, why? And he said, everybody said it's the baby sweater. Like, why you got that baby sweater? <laughs> you know? But I'm like, he liked this sweater. Like, he loved mm-hmm. the sweater. So I'm thinking, I'm saying, but how do you feel when you wear the sweater? Yeah. I like it. I feel good. It looks good. Like, it matches my uniform. Like, he liked this fly. Whatever he mm-hmm. said. You know, I said, so what's more important? Your friends making fun of it or you connecting with how you feel when you're in it that's what's most important how you feel when you're in it and I said let me help you understand something about the world that we live in the house that we live in is the real world our house our home our rules our family creed the things that we live by the things that we stand on how we treat each other inside our house how we speak to one another inside our house how we love on one another how we encourage each other this is the real world. So if I, your parent, who have been entrusted with you, if I make you feel great about how you look in that sweater, and if you own how you feel and say, you know, I do look good in this. Mm-hmm. That's the truth. You step outside of our house, it's almost like the matrix. Yeah. So it's just like, when you step outside of the house, that's when you're gonna be challenged. Yeah. But your foundation is your home. So everything you learned about yourself in your home, that's the truth. That's the real world. When you step outside those doors, that's when you're going to be challenged. And that's when you have to go back and remember, like, yo, I remember, like, how my mom used to encourage me. I remember how she used to say, oh, yo, I look good in that. Like, I'm fly. Or, I, you know, I can, I wear these things with confidence and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But after that, like, he was so it, it made such an impression on him like of course he continued to wear the sweater with on the right side because it, it was important for him to understand that his identity is shaped inside our home and if I'm validating what you're owning like I'm owning this I look good in this I feel good so if your parent your mom is validating that and she's esteeming you and you know she's your first teacher and you know this woman loves me guess what when I step out into the world I've already been given that confidence you know and that's not to say that he hasn't had challenges outside of that because he has for the most part that lesson has stuck with him because I see how he moves as a 15 year old in the world you know so that I think that's important as well like um, shaping our kids identity helping to shape their identity you know, supporting them as they grow and evolve and want less of our influence and um, input, you know, um, that foundation, you know, setting that foundation and helping to shape their identity and a healthy self-esteem, yeah. you know, self-love. 
them knowing who they are. So that, I think that's probably, I think it all boils down to those things. You know, like when my kids leave my house, I think that's probably the most important thing. Of course, I want them to good money managing, good hygiene, just home economics, you know, how to run a home, how to, you know, run systems in your room, you know, how to do your laundry, you know, time management, doing your homework, you know, prioritizing things, you know, your responsibilities around the house, like that's home economics, you know, that's systems, that's teaching them how to run a household, how to, you know, run their lives, you know, future, but leaving out of their home, like, you know, that's, that's the, that's the foundation, that's the beginning, you know, making sure that they have a good self-esteem, self-love, um, you know, good self-identity. That's, that's, that's probably the most challenging thing because think about all the images that our kids see on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Destructive, you know what I'm saying? Destructive images. It's Parents, we have a lot. There's a lot. There is a lot. Like, think about it. What did we have access to? Like, I was telling my son, I said, you know, when we were younger, um, you know, the only way you could listen to like explicit music is if you had like an older brother or older cousin, because if you weren't with an adult buying music with like a parental advisory sticker on it, you weren't getting it, you know, because there weren't things like that were played on the radio. Like now it's a whole, it's a whole sex song. Like it's a whole porn song, the radio. So, you know, think about how much they're away from us, like what they're, what they're seeing with their friends. And now our kids have, you know, have access to social media, you know, there's images, you go into the sneaker store, you go into the grocery store, there's, you know, there's magazines and there's this thing like begging for their attention. Or not, like, like even just like people, like people go people to the go. store butt naked. Bucket. Bucket. <laughs> Bucket naked. I'm just like, what? I have to explain this to my kid now because they see it. It's in their face. I can't tell you to leave the store because you're not dressed. Yeah. It's a lot. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough. Listen. Oh, man. I'm telling you, like, man, there there are days, like, there's lots of times I've cried. Like, oh, my goodness. Like, how? How? Yeah. How? How am I going to do this successfully? Like, you know, without breaking somebody, breaking somebody's neck and just hurting somebody, protecting my children. Yeah. But, you know, we we can't. There's so many things that we can't protect them from. You have to prepare them for it. Prepare yeah. them and educate them. Yes. And that's what I've committed to do. You know, like, mm, I just got to prepare y'all. Because, of course, there's, like, there's so much music, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's out now, too, that's void of mm-hmm. love. You know, that's very anti-family. That's very anti-relationship. Anti-women. Anti-women? Good <laughs> God. Good God. And anti-men. You know, I'm seeing, seeing a lot of women kind of self-destruct. And now everybody's... You know, women pointing the fingers, black men's fault, yeah. and black men pointing the finger. You know, I'm just like, whew, we have a lot to prepare them. But I'm, I, I listen with yeah. them. You know, being a, being a musician, being a lover of music, I'm making sure that I'm present. You know, listening to the things that they listen to. Some of it I rock with. Some of it I'll be like, turn that shit off. Like I don't want to hear that. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's ignorant. Like you know, so, but some of the things I have to listen and just you know teach them about misogyny and teach them about how you know how women are objectified you know teach them about you know point out the 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 lack of love in certain lyrics 
um, yeah, yeah. So you just got to be present. You got to be present. You can't like, you know, you think about like, I didn't want anybody shutting me down about the music that yeah. I listen to. So I definitely don't want to shut my kids down. It's expression, you know, but I definitely have to be present, like tell them what's appropriate, what's inappropriate, what's fantasy, yeah. you know, and I'm like, what's reality? Who's faking? Yeah. Who's lame? Like, I don't care how much y'all like it. That's yeah. lame. If it's hot, I'm a rock with it. If it's not, it's lame. You know, so just, be yeah, honest. being very honest with them. Even that's with my it. nephews, I'm just like, we listening to. All right, put it yeah. in. Let me hear. I'm like, that's trash. That's trash. <laughs> I'm like, let me tell you why this is good. You're like, man, they're so old. I'm like, it's old as dirt, but it's still relatable today. Like, you still get it, that's and right. it's English. Like, what are you talking about? Yes. <laughs> and they can't deny it you know what I'm saying like they you we just got to give our kids a good healthy right. diet because I think about like all the ratchet shit we used to listen to like you know we used to listen to, I'm like ratchet music ain't new right. but we just have more of a balance yeah. you know we have we didn't have access to all of this stuff like you know these kids have so much access yeah. you know it's like you know having these conversations like now anything is played on the radio. Yeah, now the music sounds like I have to be equally as high to understand. Yo, it's too low vibration. I'll be like, <laughs> like, what's going on? This is a- I gotta be high. Like, I gotta be sedated to enjoy because it's, it's, it's certain music that's just a vibe and it's just like, yo, I can't rock with that. It's like, yeah. it's like death. It's like, yo, I'm in a zone and I'm like detached from reality. Turn that shit off. I don't want to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> what do you um how do you balance uh, pushing them but not pushing them too hard to where they push ooh. away ooh um stop trying to live through your kids ooh. you know I see a lot of parents do that shit and it's a trap like you setting your kids up for failure um setting the standard like the standard is excellent mm-hmm. If, if whatever whatever this world has to offer that's of high caliber that's great mm-hmm. I want you to have that you should want to have that mm-hmm. um, so the standard setting the standard the standard is excellence the standard is A that's the standard yeah. you know it, especially if you're capable you don't have any learning disabilities you know what I'm saying yeah. you have a brain you know you you can work hard to achieve all A's. Now, am I going to degrade and demean my child if they don't come home with a perfect report card? Absolutely not. Because, see, what a lot of people don't talk about is the flip side of kids who were pressed to be perfect mm-hmm. and to maintain perfect grades. And going to college with kids like that who medicated with drugs and alcohol. Yeah who got depression like who, who suffer from depression who have like anxiety like high anxiety like mm-hmm. issues so it's like as an adult when you when you go to school with people like that and you see like dang, like your parent like they they did a number on you yeah. like you know so balance it's balance you know setting the standards the standard is excellence it's all eight but knowing you have to know your child as well you got to know like what kind of kids you got and even when I was in the classroom teaching my model was always master your strengths and strengthen your weaknesses 
simply put, master your strengths and strengthen your weaknesses. If there's something that you're naturally good at, you should definitely be busting A's in that. If there's something that you struggle with, focus on getting better at it. You know, strengthen it. You know, go to tutorials, get extra credit. You know, but I'm not going to kill you if you come home with a B. You know, C's are not acceptable. D's are not acceptable. But if you get a C in something and I know you busted your butt, you put your all in that, I'm not going to trip because listen, the real world, listen, we, we see. None of that stuff really matters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, None of that stuff. To a certain point and down. It doesn't, you know. So just knowing, you know, you want your kids to have good habits, good work ethic, um, good habits, good study habits, teaching them how to, you know, master time management. Those are really the things. Like, those are the things you should really focus on. Like, emphasize is, um, you know, just good study habits, good work ethic. Yeah, you know, and that, time- that perfection sometimes it creates you know adults that focus on the perfection so much that they try to cover where they're flawed instead of dealing with where they're flawed and that's going to rub off on new children that may come about it's going to rub off on adults in their lives that care about them and you know if you focus so much on the perfection part you're not going to be honest about where you can be better and the reality is nobody's perfect at anything if you're perfect academically you probably lack some social skills but you probably lack um, some common sense yes so you just have to kind of balance it all absolutely because being you know being an educator you see I've seen lots of kids who have um they don't they're really bright kids Mm -hmm. but they know how to um they know how to woo the teachers you know they know how to they know how to impress them with the vocabulary and big words and sometimes you know adults are impressed with stuff like that yeah you know but this kid has uh is extremely rude yeah no social skills but you know they know how to woo those teachers because everybody's impressed with things like that and it's like at the end of the day you know i would rather have a kid who you know, knows what this knows this strength. Like, hey, I'm you know I'm really good in math. You know, let me. Yeah, I I've had students like that. You know, I've had students like that on several different medications, and these kids are like math geniuses. You know, but no one knows it because no one's taking the time. You know, out to really understand these kids because they're not great test takers. You know, mm-hmm. things like that. Kids get kind of shuffled to yeah, the back. Yeah, I suck at test taking. I'm, I'm just like, you know what? You said this test is five minutes. Let me just draw around the border of this paper and get it back to you. That was me. Right. Listen. Yeah, you gotta you gotta know your kids. And I mean, there are some kids who are like exceptions to the rules who get everything right. You know, those kids like that. There's they they do exist. You know, but like you said, sometimes they lack social skills. They're they're awkward. You know, they don't really know how to interact. You know, they. They, yeah, it's 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 no it's, there's no perfect way to raise a kid or educate a kid. Like you have to understand, you have to learn the child first. Mm-hmm. Like in order to be able to teach them effectively, teach them, you have to know the child. You have to know how they learn. You have to understand them. So I've definitely, you know, my background in education has definitely helped me understand like my kids' learning style. Mm-hmm. You know, one youngest was always very pensive, very focused very rigid kind of very literal 
and my other one like you know he's like tapping on shit me on the desk beatboxing and shit making beats you know sliding his pencil across the room get his work done early then he want to play you know so you gotta know your kids man you gotta know your kids and boys are different man you know boys are interesting very interesting they, they constantly have to be like fed something that's yes. going to catch their interest or yes. they're going to idle yes yes and they don't like even you know like hey like we make deals sometimes it's like hey you do 20 minutes work of, of focus work and then take 10 minutes to play on the game or get up get you a snack yes. you know five minutes on the game and then come back do another 20 focused minutes of work like you just gotta understand you gotta learn your children mm-hmm. you gotta learn them how they learn you know and just in the classroom, just watching boys. And I watch my sons too. Like sometimes they don't want to be still, you know, yeah. they have desks in their rooms, but sometimes they're like, I don't want to sit at my desk. You know, I've been sitting at a desk all day, you know, so they want to sit in their bed, you know, with a nice, but I make it comfortable for them. Get a nice, comfortable pillow. You can lay back, do your work, you know, but watching my boys when I used to teach, it's like they laying across the table, you know what I'm saying? They don't want to sit out, you know, girls are chilling, they chatting and talking to their friends, sitting all prim and proper, but boys, you know, they want to move around. How do you balance um, giving them their space and their idle time versus, oh, you're not taking advantage of what you could be doing or you could be working on? Yo, I'm kind of like Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. That's <laughs> it. Because, of course, sometimes as a parent, I'm not perfect. Like, I slack off, yeah. you know? You know, sometimes you just get tired of riding them. Like, yeah. oh, my God. This is how they learn, though. They learn through repetition, you know? And you do have to, like, I have to, like, I'm really OCD, so I have to balance, like, because I can be kind of like a drill sergeant. Mm-hmm. But just knowing that I am the softer, you know, I won't say weaker, but I am the softer, more nurturing sex and that's my style I want to be like that but when it comes to like what they need to get done I can be like a drill sergeant like I can ride them like that so I have to kind of relax a little bit then I relax a little too much too much and then I'm like wait wait you're supposed to get to this come on you're playing around do this okay snack time okay shower you know like you have to kind of like create systems for them like you know what I've learned as well running my house like a classroom helps my son Hmm. When I have, when I create create lists for them, that helps them. You know that that's very helpful. So everybody has a clipboard. They know on okay, there's two jobs: either the bathroom and your bedroom, or your bedroom and the kitchen. So they know like they have their chores. They have their clipboard. And listen, details, dear, details. Yes, dear. not a woman's cleaning a man's clean. A clean, listen, clean. Listen, rub the tub. Uh huh. Rinse it out. Listen, I have to write that shit down. Rub it up. Rinse it out. Clean the toilet. Scrub the inside. Yeah. Wipe the countertop. Sweep the floor. Pick up the trash. Like, you gotta be detailed. Get up in the morning. Wash your face. When you're in the bathroom, after you use the restroom, wash your hands and brush your teeth while you're at it. Yeah. So, like, detail. Give lists. Boys, I've seen that. And good girls, too. You know, I haven't raised any girls, but I help raise my nieces. Mm-hmm. Um, so, helping, that helps them. They like when I leave lists for them, you know, because for me, it's just like, I don't care when you do it. Like, you know, we play games like my mother have a list of things for us to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she didn't care. Like, of course, most parents, those old school parents, they like do that shit when I tell you to do it. Yeah. You know, now I'm like, I don't care when you do that shit. Just have that shit done when I get home. Like, yeah. I don't care. Because then guess what? Then you don't have to hear my mouth. Yes. And I don't like yelling. Oh, 
<laughs> so it's like you don't have to hear my mouth you do the stuff on the list and then we cool then I don't have to come in the house and be this angry raging bitch yeah and then I don't have to take all your shit away from you because I will take all that shit I'll turn the internet off give me that game give me all that shit give it to me give it to me it's going in my room it's going in the vault so does that that type of discipline uh, work for both of them yes okay yeah because they like their game. You know what I'm saying? And then my, my oldest, he liked his movies. But no phones. Like, at nighttime, phones go, like, as a matter of fact, when school ends, when I pick them up, mm-hmm. phones go in my purse. Or when they get home, phones go in my room. Like so, that. you know, no phones while you're, you know, you should be focused on something else. Because my thing is, it's like, I just allowed them to get phones and they have phones at school now. Yeah. So teachers allow them to use them. I didn't even know the teachers allowed them to use them. But so it's just like, okay, you've had access to this mm-hmm. before, during your lunchtime, whatever free time you have. And then after school, you have access. So as soon as you get home, focus, yeah. priority, home, you know, snack, homework, shower, you know, whatever, whatever else that you have to do on that list. But yeah, no phones in the room overnight. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they have enough. You know yeah. what I'm saying? like for me like 10 10 12 hours a day yeah. you know so no you've had enough of that no no phones no electronic devices in the room at night none none Smart. yeah get some old school get some alarm clocks yeah <laughs> there you go right there you know oh, and they, they try and buck you know sometimes but you know sometimes yeah. like they'll catch me slipping and i'll be like oh so you're gonna put your phone in the room oh okay okay cool so <laughs> okay don't Okay, no, 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 don't worry. Don't take a school. Yeah, okay. yeah. I like that's a good idea. Balance, you know? It's, it's, it's just balance, you know? And it works. Like I said, mm-hmm. sometimes I slack. Um, but for the most part, I, I do my best to just system. They need mm-hmm. systems. They need systems. How do you um, teach them about <sighs> this Me Too era? that we're in. Not that it wasn't happening before, but now, like, the consequences are, like, bold and just out here right now and how to just protect themselves and their self-worth and respecting other people. Oh, yeah. Listen, that's a big one. Mm. Teaching them um, the truth about how someone can twist your words. Yeah. Um, teach, first, te- first teaching them to treat every young woman as if she's your sister. Treat her like she's your sister or your cousin. Whether you like her or not, whether she's a loud mouth and she's always screaming for attention and you, she gets on your nerves, whether she's a sweet, quiet, you know, one of your friends, whether you play sports or whether you're in class, like whoever she is, in all of your interactions with young women should be, you should treat them as you would if she was like your cousin or sister. So making sure understand that, like, treat her like you would. What if you had a younger sister? How would you want somebody to talk to her or treat her or just be respectful towards her? So that's number one, that focus. Um, and then number two, like, just listen, sitting down and reading the news with them, teaching them to be critical thinkers and teaching them how to interact, like, with young women things that you shouldn't say and if you do say something that can be misconstrued or misinterpreted or misunderstood you better be willing to own the consequences that come with whatever you say 
Mm-hmm. So teaching them like, hey, you have to be careful how you talk to someone because you may offend them. And even if it was innocent, you know, that person can take something you said and show it to an older cousin, older brother, mom or dad, and you can get some charges put on you, sir. Yeah. So don't even do it. You know, don't don't do it. And so, of course, like, I can't control them. I can't, you know, I can't be with them at all times. But teaching, listen, it's, it's enough reality out here, you know, and real stories that's happening right now mm-hmm. for them to see and to learn from. Do you guys talk about, like, let's say if there's, like, a headline about X, Y, and Z, do you guys, like, discuss it? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and I think one of the biggest challenges for young people and even old people, no one reads anymore. Oh my God. I know. No one reads. And even times when my son, like, you know, they'll just give me a snippet of a comment or something that they read or overheard. Mm -hmm. And I'll challenge them. I'll say, hey, don't don't just mention something to me if you have not yourself read the whole article about a current a trending or current topic don't talk about it if you're not ready to debate or, or even just have dialogue or discuss whatever this trending topic may be you don't want to be in a room full of people and you're ill-informed or you cannot um, formulate your own opinion about because you haven't fully read mm-hmm. what's actually happening. So just challenging them to read, 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 read. You know, so like I told you, we do slack sometimes, but if they don't have homework or even if they do have homework, they're like, I do reward them for reading books a month, like outside of school. And I I used to be like, just so hard on them about what they read. But one of my students, she said, you know, she said, because we're forced in school to read things that we don't like all the time. Even if your kids like, let them choose what they want to read. Because when, because you know, there's so much that they can't choose in school. So you want reading to be enjoyable. You want it, you know, you want it to be pleasurable for them. So allow them to pick and just be okay with whatever they pick as long as they're reading consistently. So yeah, so they're challenged just every night, you know, seven pages out of a book. And then at the end of the month, they get 20 bucks if you read the whole book and you um, just like briefly just journal after you your seven pages, just journal about what you read, what stuck out to you, what was interesting about like the couple chapters that you read. So reading, oh man, we have to get back to reading. We have, yeah. have even like up into like high school, college. Yes. All those stories that I found to be so like boring. I said, like, Mom, I need you to read this. These are the questions. Once you're done, I need these answers because I never found it interesting. And what made me be such a big reader in my adult life is getting books that catch my interest. I'm going to finish it because it doesn't feel like I'm doing something I'm supposed to do or I have to do something I want to do and now I do want to read those books that I was forced to read in like high school college because 
you know, 1984 is so relevant. Yeah. And, and, you know, why was the Phantom of the Opera so quote unquote good? It's, it's a different perception as to why they wanted you to read it. Yes. But when you're a kid, you don't get that. Yes. 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 And see, my mom was kind of like, kind of like a drill sergeant like that. And I think that's why we, our generation is so well versed because we were readers. And although we watched television, you know, we didn't have cable for the most part. But I remember later on, we got like HBO um, and cable television later, like well into like probably like 12, 13, like maybe. But um, but we were readers. Like, you know, my mother was definitely, she was that type of person. She was very quiet. She was a reader. And, you know, there would be times in the house it's like, oh, no TVs on. Everybody's sitting on the sofa reading. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for hours. I remember that. I remember that. Oh yeah, you are. <laughs> they played no games about that. Like yeah. critical thinking was. It, it, listen, you had no choice but to um, get with the program. You had no choice, you know. So I think we were just definitely like, uh, you know, we read everything. We read everything. Yeah. I think we were like the beginning. Yes, we were like, you know, the beginning of the resources. Mm-hmm. And then now, like, these kids have so everything. And they're so, so smart. Yes. To the borderlines of being a smart ass. And you yes. can't tell them anything. Yes. And they know too much. And if they don't know the answer in their head, they're going to search it and get it. Yes. So it's, it's finding a different way to challenge them so they cannot click for the answer. Yeah. So it can just like be in their minds because right now it's kind of like I really don't want my kids to rely on a thing to give them the answer. I want them to have the answer or know how to get to the answer by themselves. So it's kind of like I'll pop quiz like my five-year-old be like, okay, Anya, if you know I got out of the car right now and you were stuck right here, what are you gonna do? And and it's kind of like. If your kid, if you're so protective and you watch over your kids so much and, you know, they're they're never in that element to think for themselves, to be in that situation, that doesn't mean you can't talk about it. It doesn't mean you can't um, prep them for it. You know, if, if you're, you know, driving around with your sons and, you know, yes, I know like my mom can drive me from here to here. But if I couldn't drive you, would you know how to get yourself from point A to B on time? It's that type of level of thinking that I think, you know, all kids need, but really, you know, boys to become men so they can know that I can do this myself. I will do this myself. This is a challenge, but I know what I can and I can't do. And everybody now is like, Sometimes these resources make it too easy. Like the fact that I can just go on my phone, put in the address and have somebody's car come pick me up and take me there. But I don't know how to get there by myself if this wasn't an option. Yes. I don't know if it's a good or if it's a pro or con. Yes. That's good. It's so true. It's so true. Like, you know, we don't want our kids to be so pampered that they, you know, would like just kind of self-destruct like if if the world that as we know it now like if it you know 
would you know how to navigate you know would you know how to get around the city would you like think about all think about all the numbers that phone numbers that we had memorized in our heads you know think about all the addresses that we had memorized in our heads you know think about all the information we had memorized in our head and it's, it shows you how powerful the brain is because it is like a you know but challenging our kids like I said sometime to just you know turn off the electronic devices you know get like a really dope poem and just read it and then rewrite it you know so like things like that I, I feel like you know you just you need the balance you need the balance mm-hmm. of the old and the new but they're both equally valuable and important um, you know just teaching our kids to, to have that that kind of that skill you know memorization and just you know knowing some famous writings like I remember oh my goodness having to like you know read newspaper articles and just like also having to like write those articles out yeah man poems different poems different writings Langston Hughes and Malcolm X like just having to read those things and write them out yeah yeah man (laughs) oh god handwriting was so important you know having yes I just um I was in the store and not looking for this and I saw um like a little workbook of teaching your kid cursive and I'm just like Anya we're getting this and she was like what is cursive I said I'm gonna show you what's cursive because kids don't have to do that anymore I love writing. I love writing. I love cursive writing. Like, don't say this doesn't matter, but I think there's skills. Yeah. You know, there's like learning how to type, learning how to. Those things are all skills. Yeah. I think valuable. I think they're valuable. And you know, we don't know what the world is going to look like 20 years from now, but having those skills, you know what I'm saying? Me, being multifaceted, you know. You know, because we live in an age now, like where our kids are like multi-dimensional. They have to be. Yeah, you know, they're mastering so many different things at like one time. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. It's it's impressive too. It's really impressive. But that old school balance, you know, implementing some of that old school with the new school is important. Yeah, everything you know gonna come full circle. So yeah, that's what we gotta yep. do. All right, so my yeah. final question for you, all yeah. this good information, is how do you balance it all and still focus on sharing? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you know, listen, that's... Man, I, I, I did lose it, you know? I I can't even front. Like, you know, there was, like, a, a nice stretch of my life where I did lose it. And not that I ever lost sight of my mm-hmm. goals because I always like had this at the forefront of my mind. Like, my kids, I'm not going to be the type of parents where my kids just become yeah. my life and I become obsessed with their schedules and I have no life and I just become their servant. Like, you know, that was at the forefront of my mind. Like, nope, my kids come into my life. Like, I'm going to have to make arrangements and accommodate them, but they came into mm-hmm. my life so not really a selfish kind of you know um position but trying my best to stay um centered like I do know that I have to strive to be my best in order to give them my best 
but sometimes we fail, you know, and there's been lots of, lots of times. And like I said, just a, a long period, a long stretch, you know, um, where, you know, I kind of hid behind them, you know, um, because it's, you know, sometimes like, you know, you have the, you have this, 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 this perspective and you're like, okay, I know this, these things that I have to accomplish that I want to do that, you know, I have to live my best life in order to encourage and inspire them and challenge them to live their best. But, you know, sometimes it becomes, um, sometimes it, it's, you know, sometimes it just kind of sneaks up on you and then you, you, you look up and you realize like, dad, you know, I said I was going to do this. I said I was going to live for me. I said I wasn't going to get lost in my kid's schedule and, you know, all the things that they do. And then you look up and it's just like, yo, not that I really lost myself, but I kind of hid behind them and, you know, as a way to excuse myself from being the best me that I could Or be. even like dodging out of like invitations. I use them all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't go. I have to go. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. I definitely went through that period. Like, don't nobody feel like getting dressed. Yeah. No, no. I got to bring up. But, yeah, you, that's, um, I think that's something that, I think that's something that you forever figure out, you know, have to kind of like day by day, year by year, you know, making sure you're planning and living in addition to accommodating your kids um, and then just having people around you who kind of, you know, keep you on your toes, keep you on task. Like, hey, you know, you need some new yeah. time or, hey, we need to like, we need to create something where, you know, the kids can be invited. But, you know, you're the focal point. Like, you know, um, yeah, that's it's that's that's that 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 right there, that part, you, you need your tribe for that. You know, you definitely need your tribe because I definitely, um, just being a single parent, you know, I have, I've had to create my family and, you know, support system. You know, I have some family, but, you know, you create that support system, you know, so I, I do now have family and like extended family and friends that like, hey, I need to get out of town or, hey, I got a show or I got a gig or I got something that I, I need to do. Can the kids stay with you for a week? Can they stay with you for a weekend? You know, so I've had to create that in order to really, um, you know, give myself that permission and just not forget, not neglect, you know, the things that I, you know, I said I was yeah. going to do. Yeah. Yeah, that's, 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 that's a challenging part, you know. But you see, like, you know, when you go through these fails where it's just like you're exhausted and, you know, you know you're not giving your kids your best. And it's just, yo, I got to slow down. I I have to take some time for me. So if that means, like, staying up extra late at night or trying your best, which I'm not the best at, getting up really, 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 really early in the morning. But finding those times where you're still away and you're just like, yo, I'm just, you know, my kids now, I'm at the point now where I can be like, hey, I'm in my room, like, don't come, yeah. you know, chilling. I'm on the time. That's, out. that's true. So I tell my kids that now. Like, hey, Aya, I'm going to be in here. I need you to be quiet. She'd be like, sorry. Yeah. And it's like, I need you to know this. And of course, like, your kids have to see you 
like imperfect they have to see you mess up and they have to see you be willing to learn a better way because if you don't do it they're gonna think that when they do it like they're broken or something's wrong with them yeah yes and that's what I said when I when I speak on just our kids experiencing our divinity because we are the closest thing to God for them Mm -hmm. you know we are their God you know on earth so it's like you've never seen God but you've seen me you know so them seeing our divinity but them also seeing our humanity and just seeing us say you know what I I don't want to yell at you like that you know I'm sorry you know forgive me and I want I'm gonna I'm gonna do some things that make me happy so I'm less stressed and I'm not taking things out on you and I'm not projecting on you like you know that's important for our kids to hear and see that so they can go through life knowing that you know it's just like it is challenging but I saw my parents you know do it with some grace some humility you know humble themselves and you know because you know how kids like you know sometimes you just feel like oh oh is that my mom talking to yeah, you yeah. like oh that's grandma <laughs> oh that's grandma that's grandma talking to you now oh that's grandpa like and you look at them like who <laughs> <laughs> You know, right. it's like, oh my goodness. So they'll check you, they'll challenge you. You know, you hear the spirit in them, and it's like, you have to kind of humble yourself and just be like, yo, you know, I trust my kids, bro. I trust my kids more than I trust adults now. Girl, because so. at least you've been putting them through <laughs> the uh, process yes. of being better people. Yes. These people out here, they're yes. just out here. Yes, 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 <laughs> yes. They just like, here. like that's probably the most ad- accurate description of like what's happening nowadays though it's just out here yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a lot out here but yeah yeah that, that's probably um yeah that's it Man. that's it that's it that that looks good information all right yeah. last piece of advice to um mothers out here raising you know sons and um just what they can start or how they can start it or what may help them or what helps you find your way have a clearly defined vision of what you want your family to look like and to become Hmm. have a clearly defined vision and write it out you know write it out put it on a piece of paper put it on you know we're working on our family creed, you know, establishing um, who we are. Who are we as a family? You know, what will we be known for? What do we not do? You know, like, oh, you, you'll know them, you know, like there's a there's a proverb that says, um, or no, 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 not proverb, but it's a scripture that says, you'll know my children by the fruit that they bear. So, you know, what kind of family do we want to be? You know, what what kind of what kind of people do we want to be in the world? You know, what me as a mother, what do what do I want to see? Um, what do I want to see my kids become? You know, responsible citizens. You know, hard workers. You know, visionaries. You know, good fathers. Like, you know, have a clearly defined vision of what you want your family to be, and you know, you want them to have a love for the arts. You want them to be good savers, like whatever it is, like have a clearly defined vision, you know, of what you want, you know, because our children, they're us in the yes. future. That's that, that's 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 
essentially that's it they're us in the future so knowing like hey this is this is my investment this is my biggest investment right here so I definitely want you know that's how we live forever that's how we live forever so just having that that vision because I mean if you look at like all the greats like and just to take a, a page from from like Venus and Serena's father like you know people can say what they want about you know Joe Jackson and Catherine Jackson but no matter how imperfect you know they were these families had clearly defined vision for what they want their families to be clearly defined vision you know so and it doesn't have to be as you know it doesn't have to be what the Williams family did but what is your family like you know what's your legacy you know what what do you want to see you know your family become hmm, I love it yeah. thank, you. thank you so much for coming thank you so much for having me thank you so much I'm so proud of thank you thank you yeah you're doing a great job too. your babies yo. thank you yeah. likewise yeah. we have to do this again yeah. yes soon 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 I appreciate it thanks for having no me no problem thank you guys for listening Bye. this is Cozy Room Podcast we out You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.